We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is October 31st, 2022. Happy Halloween, baby. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up, bro? I'm great. I am uh, I'm wonderful, but not really. Uh, you know, we, we got uh, some feel-good feelings, you know, Friday. Great feelings. And you're feeling probably a little optimistic going into the game against Dallas on Sunday. And uh, it is what it is. You're running to Luca, but other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm moving. We'll break it all down in a couple days. So this is probably my last time Ooh. recording from here, unless my internet is not ready on Wednesday. So we'll see. They better get out there and uh, do that up. We're going to need that. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get uh, into the uh, the Mavericks game, but I think you know we had good reason to be optimistic. I think um, you know in, in regards to that game, but you know sometimes it, it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. Um, just want to ask: Do you have any you know trick or treating plans? Uh, for yeah. Halloween, you and the kiddo. Yeah, we'll probably uh, go to my brother and sister-in-law's house. They have uh, three kids, um, and they've got an open neighborhood, so I'm sure that there's some a good amount of foot traffic. So we'll do that. Uh, Harper is going to be a Hershey's Kiss, um, wearing the same outfit, same costume that my wife wore when she was her age. Um, so pretty Adorable. crazy. Yeah, so pretty crazy. Uh, Cole, unfortunately, we never we didn't really think about an outfit for him. He might wear like his football onesie and be a football, just an easy one. But uh, yeah, we'll probably do that. I think dinner over there, trick or treating, following that. I would think. What about you guys? You got uh, any plans? So we did the trunk or treat thing today at church, which is always yep. always fun. You know, mm-hmm. you know, people making multiple laps through the church trunk or treat. I'm not I'm not Naturally. here to judge. Just you know, not trying to judge. But uh, we only had so much candy. Luckily, we made it to the end. So uh, yeah, they already have a bunch of candy. So I'm hoping, you know, tonight or when you guys are listening to this on Monday, I can get away with like an hour in the neighborhood. You know, that we're staying here, and then you know, back to the crib kind of thing. So yeah. Avery is going to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Love that. And mm-hmm. Amelia is going to be Anna. And Aiden, I got, if you guys haven't, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, you know, shoot me a follow. Now, I am private because there's some weirdos out there. But if you guys shoot me a request and I recognize that, you know, like you're a Magic fan, I'll, I'll more than likely let you in unless you just look like a weirdo. No offense. Magic fans aren't weirdos. This is what you're saying. Um, some of them are. I mean, I love y'all, but some of y'all are, are kind of weird. But um, I bought a little Naruto outfit for Aiden, our our six month old, and he's got the little yellow, you know, wig thing going on and, and everything. So he wore that a few weeks ago to a, a Halloween party that we went to, and then he wore that today. And baby's just like spit up and drool and like fart all over everything. So he probably won't wear that again. So he'll probably just like chill in the stroller I'm- while we walk around. 
I'm really relieved, and people don't care about this at this point, but I'm very relieved that the picture that I saw of Aiden wearing the outfit, I'm really relieved that was for a Halloween thing. Like, that was for Halloween. It was so many weeks ago that I just thought you put your kid in it. No, so, dude, I'm not weird, bro. It was We well, went to a Halloween party. Yeah, three weeks I ago. I, my, like my head was eight not or nine in that months space. ago before he was even born. You found out it was a boy and you were yep. on it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I can't dress up like this because it would be creepy. So you get to, even though you have no idea what Naruto is and you probably won't for like another 10 years. My original idea, we were hoping to be in the house by now. So I was going to dress up as Kakashi and he was going to be, I was going to be the, the, the sensei and he, mm-hmm. he was going to be my, uh, my little tuning, you know, my, my little Naruto buddy. And that didn't work out, so we'll have to rethink it and, and figure something else out for uh, for next year. But anyways, let's talk about the magic. That's why people are here. They don't want to hear about our uh, adorable kids, uh, unfortunately. So let's break down the weekly state of the magic. So uh, we talked you know, on uh, Wednesday's episode or Thursday's episode. Uh, but yeah, overall this week, the magic went one and three. Props to Luke, who uh, predicted the magic's record and their wins perfectly this week. Round of applause. You, uh, they you. are now one and six on the season, which is the worst record in the East. It is right now the second worst record in the league, just above the winless Lakers. Just had to throw that in there because it makes me feel a heck of a lot better knowing that we're at least better than the Lakers so far. On the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 107.3 points per 100 possessions, which ranks 27th, which is down from 22nd, which they were um at the end of last week. So 27th in the league currently over the course of the season so far. And they have a defensive rating of 112, which ranks 18th, which is up from 21st. Uh, So that that. uh, performance against the Charlotte Hornets definitely helped us with that. Uh, And they are now sixth in free throw rate. So heading into um, our last episode, they were up to 15th in free throw rate. And coming into tonight's game, Paolo was, uh, tied for sixth in the entire league in free throw attempts per game. So him being sixth, the Magic being sixth in free throw rate, it's not a mystery. Like That is a direct correlation. Like Paolo has just changed the game for the Orlando Magic in terms of free throw attempts each game, uh, which speaks volumes just in terms of like his potential moving forward. If you're one of those guys in the league, you get to the free throw line a bunch each game, like we saw with, uh, with uh, freaking Luka Doncic tonight. But I digress. Jalen Suggs, uh, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, and Mo Wagner all remain out. Uh, so y- you and I were both at the game on Friday against the Hornets. You went with your dad. I went to yeah. cover the game. After the game, when I went downstairs, like so you're up on the club level sit- sitting in the media loge, and then obviously you go back down to the event floor to go to the Magic press room like for the post-game conferences. Well, while I'm walking down, uh, as the players are coming through the tunnel at the end of the game, they kind of rope off both sides so nobody can, you know, try to walk into those guys or you know mess with them or whatever. Cole is walking back to the locker room and he lifts up his hoodie and his whole abdomen is wrapped currently. I don't know if it's heat, I don't know if it's ice, I don't know if it's just to kind of keep everything compact, but he's dealing with that oblique injury. So um, when I saw that, I was like, all right, he's you know pretty significantly hurt if he's walking around with it wrapped. So. our injury list, the guys that are out, is starting to get as long as our Patreon list, which is kind of uh, you know concerning. But in other Magic news this week, uh, the Magic made some roster decisions and some contractual decisions. Uh, they exercised the fourth-year team options for Chuma Okiki and Cole Anthony. Uh, they exercised the third-year team options for Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. And they made the decision to decline the fourth-year team option for R.J. Hampton, which was a little bit surprising. We can talk about this in a second, Luke. And like we heard that, and then, I don't know, within an hour, maybe less, we heard news that R.J. Hampton is leaving the Lyft management agency that he signed with. Uh, Mike Miller was, I believe, the first athlete to sign with Mike Miller at Lyft. And then like right after that, we heard that Wendell Carter Jr. was actually joining the Lyft agency. So... Pretty interesting weekend. I think all that came out on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So, Luke, what was your um, reactions to the team picking up those options? Not, you know, declining uh, RJ's option and then like the whole lift agency shuffle. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think that this, there was going to come a point where difficult decisions have to be made with this front office. And as we know, and I've been talking about, like, at some point, you're going to have to make a decision about your young players. Who, you know, who who are you going to keep? Who are you going to let walk? You know, all those sort of things. And we have seen it's it's RJ Hampton, I guess, right? I mean, you look at the guard spot. When healthy, RJ Hampton, his minutes kind of evaporate, right? Like, there's an odd man out. It's RJ Hampton. I think that that's kind of where they're coming from. They know maybe as far as money-wise, you know, RJ is going to maybe be a little bit more expensive than just like having a, a two-way guy like like Kevon Harris who is just going to come in and play guard minutes when you're in a pinch. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. Obviously, the Magic are optimistic that the guard spot will eventually someday in our lifetime be healthy and RJ Hampton will not be needed. Brave. But a little surprising. Um to say the least, but also I think when you step back and take a look at it, it makes a little, makes sense a little bit there. Uh, Chuma. I mean, if you're telling me right now, I got to choose between RJ Hampton and Chuma, I probably choose an RJ. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I get it either way, I guess you got to make a decision. And I, I don't know that I, I feel super strongly about either of those guys. I think it just comes down to like, we have less healthy like like even when everybody's back, like we still have less wings than we do right. guards, and I think that's yep. kind of what it came down to. And yep. like you can sell a, a a team on you know Chuma and like the the defense and you know the size, and I, I mean it just kind of sucks for RJ because like summer league we were like wow like he doesn't even look like an NBA player, and I posed the question tonight that I thought RJ was like maybe our second or third best player on the floor and. Honestly, he might. There's a, a a good argument for him being the best player on the floor tonight in in that Dallas game. Like as close as you want to say it was down the stretch, it's not that close without RJ Hampton tonight. And in the minutes that he's been given an opportunity, I feel like he's really competed. He's been impactful um, tonight. He showed like actual like not. I don't want to say like playmaking, but like self creation chops at least a little bit, just in terms of like getting to the rim. Uh, we know that he's a, a decent, you know, catch and shoot guy. So uh, it just it just sucks for RJ Hampton. Like you know, we've had the pleasure of talking with him. You you know, a, a little bit more than I have, uh, but really cool kid. Like down to earth. We know that he works hard. He's forever posting videos in the you know Magic practice facility at two three a.m. in the morning. Like they got back from that last road trip, and then it, it was like three o'clock in the morning. He's still in the gym. So it sucks for RJ. Um, I'm trying not to like read too deeply into it, but just because we're so far away from the summer, but it does feel like RJ probably isn't long for Orlando past this season. Now he's an expiring contract now. So do they look to flip him maybe for like a second round pick later on this season? Or are they just content with letting him, you know, walk in free agency? I mean, we saw Mo Bamba get to free agency this season and he came back. So Maybe that still, there's still a route for you know RJ to to work his way back uh, you know into the rotation and into the future plans you know with RJ, but um, you know it, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's a, a a massive you know deal for the Magic one way or the other. He's still very much a rotational player in the NBA, but I feel for him because I do feel like he's proved that that he's a legit NBA player. Some guys are like, no, you don't you don't belong here, but RJ you know embracing his role in which he's done this season i i feel like he he's got a spot on an nba roster somewhere to me arguably the the more interesting piece of this was him leaving lift so yeah. he's talked glowingly about mike miller you know for years now even before he decided to go you know uh, to new zealand to play in the nbl um mike miller was recruiting him at memphis when when mike miller was at memphis so the fact that all of this kind of happened around the same time. That doesn't seem like a coincidence. Obviously, we don't know all the details. Uh, and then you see, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. joining Lyft kind of like minutes after the news broke that RJ was leaving. And as everyone knows, Paolo Bancaro is also signed to Lyft with Mike Miller. So it's, a, a, you know, just a, a shuffle of some of the guys on the Magic roster on the, the Lyft roster. Luke, 
I don't think there's too much for us to really dive into with the leaving the agency thing. We don't have a lot to go off of there. Yeah. I mean, there's not, it's hard to like research times that, you know, you know, club teams haven't exercised the option for their player and they left their agency. Like it is so it's just specific. And so off the top of my head, and even after like looking around, I really couldn't find too much as far as like correlations there. The biggest correlation, obviously, is that agencies uh, are working, you know, for the players, but with the teams to try to get deals done, contracts done, agreements on both sides. Clearly, there just wasn't an agreement with the Magic and and exercising that option with RJ. I don't know. I mean, you can speculate. You can speculate. That's all it would be. Yeah, right. You can speculate that there just wasn't that RJ wasn't happy with Lyft, but like that's just not an act like that might not be accurate. There could have just been something deeper than that. There could have been stuff that's been happening and they've had some things back and forth and, you know, who knows how long. So like you said, it is weird because of how highly regarded we feel like Mike Miller is for RJ Hampton or at least was. Something might have happened. I I don't really know, but it, it definitely feels like it's there's something there and absolutely a correlation in terms of the option not being picked up plus the agency thing well whatever happens with rj you know we know that he's going to keep working and and hopefully it works out for him you know one way or the other kind of exciting that wendell is also now with lift you know i mean if you look at the raw the lakers roster it's like a ton of clutch guys on that team and we just got a bunch of lift guys now you got wendell you got paolo so uh yeah Uh, i don't really think there's too much that we can draw from this like you said anything that we would say is just going to be speculation and we don't really need to do that. So how about we talk about the beatdown we put on Steve Clifford and the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night, which was so funny, uh, you know, being at the game like during warmups and, and people are talking about like Cliff coming back and on, you know, magic social media, like Twitter and stuff. People were talking about this being the Steve Clifford revenge game. And I'm like, revenge for what? Steve left. Like it was, you know, in quotations, mutual. But Steve, you know, we were going through a rebuild. He didn't want any part of that. So the Magic were like, all right, goodbye. And I was talking to someone at the game, and it was like, sure, it was probably one of those things like we're going to rebuild, like not necessarily in spite of you, but regardless of what you say. Like if you want to stick around for the rebuild, great. If not, we totally understand that, and we'll find a guy that wants to be here. And now they've done that with Jamal Mosley. But uh, I know there's one person in particular that saw this as a revenge game, and that would be one Mohamed Bamba. Let's just talk about Mo for a, a second here. 19 points, 8 of 12 from the floor uh, in 17 minutes, added six rebounds, an assist, and three blocks, and an absolute poster alley-oop dunk. Uh, we started to see a little bit of Paolo Bancaro-Mo Bamba synergy in this game, Luke. Um, but what were your takeaways either from Bamba or, or just the game as, as a whole? I think as far as Bomba goes, I think it was maybe more damning than anything. Like we know Mo didn't care for Steve Clifford and there was definitely some motivation behind. Right. Well, I mean, come on, dude. Like just I mean, how could you minutes, not? But he's he talked never... about basically like a refreshing environment with Mo. Like their instant connection between him and Mosley, it seemed like. No, no shot. There isn't some type of animosity, if not just like I finally am getting minutes and I want to prove to you on the other side of the court, like that I'm worth something and I'm worth minutes. And Mo goes out there and makes the most out of his 17 minutes. Now he plays 17 minutes again against Dallas and it doesn't seem nearly as assertive. And I just wonder we always have questioned, you know, how hard is like how much effort is Mo giving? And that's really what it said to me after tonight. Like I'm looking at him like, dude, where where are you? Because against the Hornets, when you seem to have an agenda, you are crushing it. I'd love to have that type of Mo every night, but we just don't get it. And so for me, unfortunately, Mo has a great game, but I I just can't look past the fact of like it was it feels narrative driven as far as he goes. So good for Mo had a great night, gave us a fun time. I was, don't get me wrong. I was still cheering for him and clapping and and yelling when, when he was making these great plays because he's playing for the magic, but 
in the same vein, it is a little concerning and kind of further, uh, I guess, perpetuates my concern when it when it just like you have these two type of games that are just polar opposite. It wasn't even that Mo was inefficient against you know Dallas. I just felt like he wasn't asserting himself and making the most of those minutes that he got. And it was very clearly there, like evident. I mean, for me, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel, I don't have like this emotional reaction to Mo Bamba games anymore the way that I used to. And I think like last year was just like the final straw for me. Like you started like, what did he like start and playing like 78 games, like something like that. And we just saw it just like, ebbed and flowed like he would every five or six games would look incredible the other four he would be mostly solid and maybe one of those games he would just have a really forgettable performance and i i've just come to accept that that's who mobamba is he's not a bad player but i just don't ever see him living up to the potential that we thought he was going to be when he was you know the the fifth or sixth pick in the draft whatever he was um so yeah like mobamba it was really fun for me to see him envision dunking on Steve Clifford catching that lob I think um yeah. so that was a lot of fun and then just the fact that you know we we smacked the Charlotte Hornets like if you just like kind of looking at the stats there you know the biggest lead in this game for the Magic 32 points and at that point you're like all right we're like we're gonna coast to a, a victory tonight but I just wouldn't I never like fully exhaled until like all the bench guys like when it was really yeah. clear that Clifford was like all right we're not winning this game it's over, and then both uh, you know teams basically put the the bench guys in. Uh, but the Magic were up uh, fifty one to thirty at the end of the first half for Charlotte. Coming into this game as one of the hottest shooting teams in the league, four of eighteen from behind the arc in that first half, thirty points and a half. That you're you're never going to win games like that. So um, I mean, Gordon Hayward was playing relatively well in that first half. But guys like P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre especially, like I've never seen that dude brick so many open threes in my entire life. And I gl- I'm glad that he did it uh, for the Magic and we were able to get the first win of the year uh, because it-, it just really felt like, hey, we need this W tonight. We talked about it on the last episode. You just had to dig deep no matter what it took and find a way to win this game. And I was really pleasantly surprised that it wasn't close. Um, but the starting lineup, let's talk a little bit about that. Paolo Bancaro. Bull Bull, Wendell Carter Jr., Terrence Ross, Franz Wagner. They were great. Yeah. They were great tonight against the Mavericks. It, yeah, I mean, you you look back at the the Hornets game and you have a great like memory of what because I did the same thing where I was like, man, I feel great about that starting lineup. And I went back, rewatched the game. It's different watching it live. Like you don't get nearly any time to analyze there. When I'm watching games on TV, like I'm rewinding constantly seeing what happened and what broke down or what went well. So I went back and I, I've watched the full game highlights so many times. Um, But I realized that the starting unit didn't really do incredible things until later in the first half, right? Like you, you're kind of keeping stride with with them at the be, you know at the beginning of the game until substitutions are made. But what was really surprising to me is that they made separation with that starting lineup minus Palo Ad, Admiral Schofield there in that second quarter. They were uh they got the lead to 11 at one point and then you saw them really when they put Palo back in the game, Magic were up 38-30. Palo comes in for Sco with like three and a half minutes left to go in the first half. They go on a 13-0 run to be up 21 at that 51 to 30 score. So that was when the starting lineup really like made made me feel like they earned the to be at least a rotation together, to be in a rotation together. These guys play well. There was a lot of good takeaways. I think there was a little bit of negative, uh, or not negative, but okay. something that uh I guess seemed great against Charlotte that we can talk about when we get to the Dallas game, that there's definitely some pros and cons to that lineup and the scheme that goes with it um, in regards to switching everything from one through five. I think they did a great job against Charlotte uh, in that regard, allowed them to really build. That's those, those are guys that are all tall, all long, but they're wanting to get out and run. They're young. Obviously they cover a lot of ground. 
it was just a really fun lineup. Bull Bull, once again, just creates electrifying moments within Amway. The dude is just like an electric factory at all at all points of the game. Some would say Anything a power can, plant. A, wow, look at you. Yeah, a power plant. But he, he does. He exudes like just a ton of electricity and can get the game going and capitalizes on so many things. I just feel like when he does something great defensively, you can almost guarantee he's going to do something great offensively on the other end. Like it won't go poorly on the other end if he has already done something great defensively, like a block or something like that. So, yeah, hats off to that to that group. Um, fully deserved to be the starting lineup against Dallas uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think that that was like a, a, a huge takeaway for me is just how great they played together. Even with Schofield in the lineup and minus Paolo getting that lead out to 11 at one point uh, after you were kind of neck and neck the, the whole game so far, created that separation. And then just like the fact that they didn't let up, continued to extend the lead. And you like I was with my dad. My dad hadn't been to a game in a few years since the playoffs against Toronto game four. But we just like at points, the Hornets were so bad shooting the basketball. Yes, the Magic did great switching and playing defensively, but also they also I think had a lot of open looks. That led to them maybe being off just mentally. Kelly Oubre, like you said, missing those shots. There was points where like, yeah, they would miss a, a lay-in. It would just roll in and out. Like a lot of them were just unlucky. And I, my dad and I would just crack up laughing. Like we couldn't stop laughing. We're like, wow, they are awful tonight. And it couldn't have come on a better night. And speaking more about that lineup, Luke, over three games this season, 32 minutes, the majority of those 32 minutes coming over the course of the last two games that they've been starting together. Uh, they have a 133.8 offensive rating, an 86.2 defensive rating, which is a 47.7 overall net rating, which is ridiculous. Again, small sample size, but the early returns uh, are pretty good. And like you said, the fact that Charlotte just could not buy a bucket in this game, uh, the Magic really did not shoot the ball well. Shot 27% from the three-point line in this one. But Charlotte just shooting a little bit better, 28.9. Uh, but Charlotte, 38% over the course of the entire contest. So uh, Paolo talked about it after the game. You know, This was one of the, or if not the best defensive performance that they had had up to this point on the season. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, a little bit of Paolo Bancaro uh, MVP chance in the lower bowl during the game. And uh, I got the chance to ask him about that and, uh, just the way that he talked about the way that the city has really embraced him was was pretty encouraging because you can tell that you know he's a, he's excited to be here. So uh, again, in this one, the Magic win one thirteen and ninety three in a blowout win at home over the Charlotte Hornets. And do not forget, folks, after Magic victories all season long uh, with Papa John's, you can get fifty percent off your online order the next day with code Magic Win. And Luke. Something that I didn't understand about this code is, so I've lived near Tampa, obviously, all these years they've been doing the Papa John stuff, and I didn't think that I could use the code, but I found out that that code is redeemable as long as you're within 150 miles of Orlando, which if you look at the state of Orlando, it's literally like half the state, like pretty close to Jacksonville, mm -hmm. um, as long as you're 75 miles away from Miami. Um, and you're within 150 miles of Orlando, you can use that code. So again, code MAGICWIN, get 50% off your online order the next day after a Magic Victory with code MAGICWIN. Who doesn't like pizza, right? Did you, what, did, did, what did you get? What kind of pizza did you get? So I, I, went, a little, I went a little ham. So uh, not actual ham, like hard as a, okay. you know, All right. enter the, you know, the phrase here. So you uh -huh. know, we're staying with some family. So whenever we order food, like we got to order a ton of food so i ordered two large cheese pizzas um then as i'm looking i'm like oh they have stuffed crust now and i hadn't mm. tried their stuffed crust and i have a real problem when it comes to food like i can't help myself if there's something i want to try i just get it like the first time i ever went to zaxby's for me my wife and my mom that was with us we dropped like 80 dollars at zaxby's because i had to try everything i had to try all the appetizers that way the next time that i go i know what i want to get so Two large cheese pizzas and then a large cheese stuffed crust from Papa John's. And you know I got to get the extra garlic sauce. Is anybody that doesn't use their garlic sauce um, is a psychopath? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I did the same as far as ordering using the discount code MagicWin. I used it and got a little uh, half half toppings on one side, half on mm. the other. 
And then also we were with some friends watching the Gator game. So I was I was simultaneously Ooh. crying while eating my pizza. But I was crying because the pizza was so good. Also because the Gators stink. So I got a little chicken and pineapple on one side. Ooh. It belongs on the pizza. Don't care what anybody pineapple says. Pineapple belongs on pizza, yes. And then I think uh, on Lauren's side, I, we got her like mushrooms, um, sausage, and bacon maybe. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good pretty good i'm hoping the magic will you know once this team is back to where they need to be and healthy i'm hoping we get to use this code a lot all right let's talk about the folks that help financially support everything that we do here at the six man show so if you haven't heard before uh, we do have a patreon channel where you can financially partner with the show to again help us do all the things that we do help us get awesome new equipment to upgrade our content um, help us do awesome things like giveaways like we've done the last couple of weeks. So if you've missed those, keep your eyes out because, of course, we're going to do more of those in the future. But if you want to find us, you want to find our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Starting at $2 a month, you can help support the show. And there's other tiers where you can get additional benefits uh, like hanging out with us on our monthly Zoom call. We just had our one last week that was all amazing, a lot of fun. Talking about Paolo, even though the team has been great so far, everybody is super encouraged uh, by Paolo Bancaro. We also shout out our brand new patrons on every single episode when we have them, and we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every single episode. We have a few updates uh, on the Patreon this week. So our boy Michael Martin, he upgraded from the All-Star tier to the Hall of Fame tier, so thank you very much, Michael. Our boy Ty, Mr. TV, who is one of the winners of our giveaway, he upgraded from the all-star tier to the Hall of Fame tier as well. So appreciate you, Ty. Really appreciate that. And then we have a new annual Hall of Fame tier Patreon. Junior, I am so sorry, my man. I'm going <laughs> to attempt to say your last name. I Do know it. I'm going to butcher it. I really genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, apologize. Junior Burus. I I'm praying tonight as I lay my little <laughs> head down on my pillow that that's how you say your name. If it's incorrect, please message us on Patreon and like give me the phonetic way to say this. I really want to say your name correctly. But Junior, appreciate you stepping up, going the whole year. Uh, You do get a fifteen percent off um, if you go annual, you know, for the whole year. So whether it's our All Star or Hall of Fame tier, uh, if you go annual on either of those, you get a you get fifteen percent off the whole year. So uh, be sure to take advantage of that. Let's shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons, and this list is really growing, folks. Um, we really appreciate it, but just bear with me here as I go through this. Luke used to have me try to do this in one breath, and um, thankfully, but unfortunately, that will never happen again. Uh, shout out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Michael Salapong, Franz Goda Fashow, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama. Very nice. I'm Ron Burgundy. Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, <laughs> Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Breadhead, Brian Leggins, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, uh, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb 10, Cannibalism, Time, Mr. TV, Brandon Grace, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred and Junior, I got to say it again, your roofs. I really hope that's correct, man. But thank you guys all so much to our patrons that help support the show. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. So Luke's mom is gone and it's now Mo Bamba Yo Mama. Is that, Mo Bamba is that right? Yo Mama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's fine, I guess. I hope that's not like an adjective. Like, I'm going to Mo Bamba Yo Mama. Like, because that's oh, really no. disrespectful. I got to say. <laughs> Sounds sexual. And I don't appreciate that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight versus Dallas, Luke, uh, we watched our Orlando Magic lose 105-114 to 114 to the Dallas Mavericks. Started off hot in this game. The Magic started this game 4-4 uh, from the three-point line, jumped out uh, to a pretty early 12-point lead, um, or 11-point lead, excuse me. And then Luka Doncic started to do Luka Doncic things. And as the game started to get closer... It was Dallas's second night of a back-to-back. They had played Oklahoma City the night before that game. It went into overtime. Luke had paid, played a, a ton of minutes in that one. So the first half, it was like, all right, if we can just keep this going long enough, maybe if this game gets into like the third, fourth quarter, and if we have a decent lead, maybe they're just like, all right, we got to shut Luka down. It's not worth risking injury. He's gassed, smoking cigarettes and hookah in the offseason. He's not quite... You know, drinking beers at, at halftime, whatever he does. He's not quite all the way back to to playoff shape Luca just yet. So you gotta be careful with him. But yeah, Luca started to do Luca things. I think what what did he have? Thirty at halftime, ended up with forty four yeah. on the game. Uh we were doing a pretty good job of containing him in the second half. But then Tim Hardaway Jr., he starts getting a little bit crazy like he can. Didn't he didn't shoot particularly well in the first half. Um, but just went a little crazy in the second half and then our young bulls, man, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, it just seems like we're asking these guys to do just so much. They shoot a combined, what was it, 9 of 32 from the floor tonight. Uh, Franz with 11, Paolo with 18. The 20-plus points per game streak to start his career has now snapped. Um, really, I mean, it, it's hard to point to too many things uh, for the Magic tonight. Like, for me, it was... Like Luka Doncic really just going crazy and, and Tim Hardaway making shots in the second half. Yeah. Four turnovers yeah, I mean, for Dallas. Crazy. Crazy. So I think the big, like the, the Magic rebound well tonight, out rebound Dallas by 10, just to kind of take you guys through those team stats, right? Like the Magic shoot better from three. They both make the same amount. Magic shoot better from three, shoot a little worse from the floor. 45% to their 49. You got five blocks to their one. The big thing that stood out to me, Jonathan, is that they had 10 steals tonight to the Magic's two, um, as well as just outscored us by 10 in the paint. We saw that OKC took Dallas to the wire, not just to the wire, but winning the game, right? And OKC had 70 points in the paint against them. So, was a little disappointed. Um, I know that the Mavericks, though, schemed a little bit better knowing that Paolo Bancaro loves to get into the paint. And you saw that. It, it caused Paolo to uh, just take these mid-range jumpers, which, don't get me wrong, sometimes they're falling. Sometimes they look really pretty. Other times, they're not that pretty. So I got I to jump in here. I just felt in. like he was settling. I felt like, yes, they were defending him well when he was trying to drive, but a couple of times it was just like he got the ball like at the top of the arc and he he decided I'm going to take three or four dribbles here and pull up. Man might be tired. I think you know, you know what? I think there is something to that. To what him being tired or yeah. him being the face of the franchise. Well, I mean he's got in, the weight of of the whole in. city of Orlando on his shoulders right now first of all. He yeah. had, you know, the the best six game stretch to start his career in the modern era. Like we're talking about Elvin Hayes and Oscar Robertson, guys from a bajillion years ago, right? <laughs> like in our lifetimes, like if you're a fan of Michael Jordan or or you know Larry Bird or LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Luka Doncic, whoever, like nobody was doing through the first six games what 
Paolo was doing like in the modern era. So like, although, yeah, to your point, Dallas knew that this boy was looking to, uh, please pardon my phrasing. He was trying to bang in the paint, right? Hey. But tonight he was just like, you know what? I look a little, to me, he looked a little bit tired tonight. And he's like, I'm just, I'm just settling for jumpers. Six yeah. of 20 tonight. Six of 20, one of six from the three, misses three free throws, goes five of eight, gets to the line well. Once again, obviously shooting eight free throws, not something to hang your head about. But I think against Charlotte, he was a little off from the free throw line. Um, started that way, I believe, in Dallas tonight. And yeah, I mean, sometimes you run into the buzzsaw of Luka Doncic. That's also what I was alluding to earlier, talking about how that starting lineup, that group at least, um, looked great switching one through five for the most part. Terrence Ross is always going to get picked on a little bit, especially when it's that glaring in terms of having him in that lineup with those guys who have so much length. Yeah, you're going to beat Bull Bull, but as producer Kevin pointed out in our group chat, uh, Bull Bull gets beat a lot, but he makes up for it because he has a freaking seven, eight wingspan. So Terrence gets picked on a lot. If you're switching one through five, like the Magic and Mosley have decided to do with that group, this is the problem you're going to run into. Multiple times tonight, we saw Terrence get switched on to Luca, whether it was in the half court set or in transition. There was a point where uh, Magic misses shot. Dallas gets the rebound. Luca's bolting the other way. And Terrence kind of happens to just be in his lane, right? Like you have everybody scrambling. You have someone just trying to stop ball. They weren't necessarily guarding the man that they were supposed to be. Terrence gets on Luca. Thankfully, it was one of the only times, I think, that Terrence was on Luca and Luca missed the shot. It just felt like Luca could get to the basket whenever you want, like whenever he wants to. And honestly, he had 30 at half, but the game was what tied, right? Yeah, he had 30 at half. half. It was tied 60 apiece. And you're honestly like, at least I was thinking from what I know about Luca, I'm Good hoping friends, you and him. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Me and Luca, we talked before the game. He was like, Yo, smoking I'm go cigarettes crazy. in the back alley like, we behind lost the American OKC. Airlines arena. Exactly. We lost to OKC. I need to put the team on my back and just score. Forget facilitating, which he kind of did that a little bit, right? Like, especially in the first half goes for 30 of their 60 scores, half their points. And I'm honestly hoping that Luca just continues to try to put the team on his back and just score because the, I personally think the Mavericks are just better when he is doing a little bit of everything. And it's very evident tonight, right? Yeah. He, he shifts his play style a little bit in the second half, actually starts missing a couple shots here and there. And the Mavericks end up winning this game because other people are getting involved. They're scoring the basketball. But um, but yeah, so you you sometimes just run into the buzzsaw of a superstar player, especially when you're running that lineup and switching everything. It's unfortunate, but that's just one of the things that happens. I don't know if you can do that with that lineup against a team that has a superstar on the other side of the ball. It's it's going to be very difficult because everyone's going to be going for what thirty one year old Terrence Ross who is just going to get him. bodied. God oh, bless love him. the guy. Competed, but, competed like a champ. Love but, the guy, but uh, he can't do anything. But man, Bud Light and Marlboro, you know, Luka Doncic is Luka is, is a, a lot to a, deal with. A, a thick boy tank, and he's just going to back you down, and 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 do whatever he wants. He's going to do the Dirk fadeaway, or he's just going to bully you till he gets under the basket and puts up a layup. Like it, it is what it is. But. Luke is just incredible. There's not much else to say. And he was hunting Terrence. Like he wanted that matchup every single As time. Every superstar will yeah. when they get the scouting report of the magic scheme here with this lineup is they're switching everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but I will say once it seems healthy, you could put a guy in there like a, a little, little John. Don't you get Isaac. tired of saying that? Little Jalen Suggs. Don't you get tired of saying that? Even J- no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> even put even put Jalen Suggs in there, and he and he gives you a, a a better look there in terms of doing that defensively. How many times? How how much longer are we gonna have to say this? Oh, the Lakers just won. We're, we have the worst record in the league. That is so cool. Awesome. We suck again. Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Magic lose to the Dallas Mavericks. 
Uh, you know, like you said, I mean, really the biggest discrepancy between the two teams is turnovers. You know, Twelve for the Magic, four for the Dallas Mavericks, which just, which is honestly just crazy. Um, twelve is fine for us. Twelve is great. I'll take twelve every single yeah. night. But you like you got to force the action a little bit more. I mean, you know, massive credit to Luca to have the ball in his hands as much as he does, and to have zero turnovers in this game is, is pretty remarkable. But you know, maybe uh, I'll have to watch this game back. But it really didn't feel like we were uh, really taking a lot of risks in the passing lanes tonight. Maybe that's part of the scheme. You know, you don't want to gamble against this team. Uh, I mean, I feel like pretty near every year that Luca's been in the league and is, you know, had the the kind of usage that we become accustomed to, he has a tendency to turn the ball over. Um, just like you know, any superstar that has the ball in their hands that amount. Like you look at a Trey Young, you know, LeBron James, like any of those guys. Uh, especially if you're moving the ball a lot, they have a tendency to to turn the ball over a little bit. So, um, honestly, it did feel like a, a bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, anytime Lucas scores 44 on 65% efficiency, you're going to have a rough night. Um, but 8 of 14 from the free throw line felt like we could have taken advantage of that. But, yeah, I, I just felt, you know, in that second quarter when, like, Kavon Harris was in there, RJ Hampton and like Chuma and they were, you know, doing some things and, and the magic were building a little bit of a lead. To me, it was like, all right, we've got a lead. Let's get the starters in here and let's see if we can build on this. This isn't something that we want to, you know, risk them coming back and then you lose momentum because you're up by 11 in that first half. If you can get that lead to 20 and demoralize them a little bit and maybe you have a double digit lead going into the half, you have a good third quarter and these guys playing the second night of a back-to-back, the game might be over at that point. So definitely feel like a little bit of a felt like a little bit of a missed opportunity. I will say credit to Mosley. The last couple of games we've seen him stagger Paolo and Franz a bit more, yeah. which um has been great. You know, it, it doesn't feel like we're just leaving that second unit out to die, essentially, mm-hmm. which has been nice. But again, those guys are just being asked to do so much on both ends of the floor. Like we saw a lot of you know, Franz on Luca to begin a lot of these possessions tonight, yeah. and to ask him to do that for you know thirty six minutes, thirty seven minutes against Luca, and then basically be like one A and one B in terms of facilitating the offense with he and Paolo, it's just too much to ask of these guys right now. And I think that's a pretty good segue into our conversation, kind of about Paolo and Franz. So. So talking about Paolo, seven games in now, he's averaging 22.7 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 3.9 assists, shooting 43.8% from the floor, 29% from the three-point line, and 73% from the free throw line on 8.6 free throw attempts per game. Like we talked about through you know the first six games and now seven games now, um, just an incredible start to his career. I tweeted out, I think that was Saturday or, or Friday night, maybe. Anybody that tells you that they thought Paolo was going to be this good already is simply lying to you. There are a lot of people out there, and I will give them credit, who were Team Paolo from day one. Since we got the first number one overall pick, they never wavered. And you guys know who I'm talking about. They were all over Paolo from the jump. There were some people like myself that was like any of the top three. I'm good because I knew that regardless, Paolo was going to be really good. I was totally fine with the Paolo pick. But anyone that tells you that they thought he was going to be this good through the first six games, having a better six-game start to his career than LeBron freaking James, I, I'm i sorry. We can agree to disagree. I don't care what you say. I do not believe you, good sir. <laughs> it's qu- it's really that simple. And most people have been like, yeah, like I knew he was going to be good, but this is crazy. There have been a handful of people that have re- like responded to that tweet that were like, no, I knew this the entire time. And then I'm like, respectfully, there's no way you knew that he was going to be this good this early and doing these kind of things already. And they're like, yeah, but I knew it was going to be good. So they disagree with me. And then when I confront them about it, they're like, well, no, yeah, but I knew he was going to be really good. And I will concede that people knew he was going to be really good. Nobody knew he was going to be this good. Nobody. No. Those are my two cents. Yeah. I didn't, right? Like, I. We definitely wouldn't have been saying we wanted to draft Jabari if we knew he was going to be this good. That's for dang sure. Of course. Because the the big thing for me going into draft was I think that all three of those guys, the top picks, 
are great players and will be great players, but I don't know that they're franchise-altering players. Paolo Bancaro is a franchise-altering player. This, which is crazy to say when we're one and six, I will concede to that. But not if you we all know use your eyeballs, right? Of course, I'm saying if you were a troll, it'd be easy to to say, "Oh yeah, he's really franchise-altering." But we all know he is. Um, it is not his fault. We are <laughs> we are one and six. Uh, he's the last person I would blame. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, like you said, it is. There's no way. There's no way you thought like people were like, yeah, I I thought he could average 20. And it's like, yeah, through the course of 82 games. But now it's looking like he could average 22 and he had a better start to his career than LeBron, than Luca, who we saw tonight and how great he is now in year what four. So just eh, insane. So uh, Paolo has been incredible. Franz is Obviously, 1B, but in the same breath, he has not been the Franz that we thought so far. I will put that caveat so far. It is it has not been that many games. There is a huge reality where he just gets becomes more efficient, specifically from three. And that's where I think we've been a little bit frustrated. But I also think he's still experimenting with his step back three and things of that nature. That he's had plenty will, of open looks that he's just needed to drain that he hasn't hit yeah. yet. Yeah, and I, I think that he'll right the ship before it becomes mental, and it, it'll it'll be fine. Um, I think that once you are able to add more guys, get into a more of a rhythm, Franz will feel even more comfortable. Things will come naturally. He'll be getting the ball from Markel Fultz, who has Dimer Hall of Fame. So... Uh, I think that, the badge. that it'll be it'll be just fine. The funny thing with Franz is like if you look at his numbers, his efficiency is down essentially across the board in field goal percentage, in three point percentage, uh, slightly better um, in his two point percentage so far. His effective field goal percentage is down. His free throw percentage is down compared to last year. His rebounding is just barely up. His assists are up. Uh, his steals are up. His blocks are down. His turnovers are up, obviously, with the you know more responsibilities in terms of playmaking. And he's averaging 0.6 points per game more than he was in his first season. But I still feel like he's a much better player this year. I don't know if, if that's weird for me to say that. Uh, but he's just been given so much responsibility. And, you know, and I, I'm not... <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. People are going to kill me for this. I'm yeah, not trying to compare Franz to Evan Fournier. I'm not oh, trying yeah. to do that. Oh. But in a similar sense that Evan was asked to do way too much for his entire, you know, six, seven year, you know, tenure with the Magic, Franz is being asked to do way more than we thought we were going to need to ask of him and, and way more than we should be asking him at this point in his career, just in terms of playmaking at stretches, guarding the other team's best wing, um, just being asked to do way too much. And you can tell that there's certain aspects of this in his game that he's not totally comfortable with. But what I will say is I think this is the best thing for Franz long term. The fact that they are he and Paolo are going through these kind of growing pains as the number one initiators at time, I think is going to benefit us in the long term. You talk about having a guy like Markel Fultz back. Why do we want Markel Fultz back? Because this is a guy that can go and get his shot at any time, not necessarily from behind the three-point line, but any, <laughs> any anywhere within the key, and you feel really comfortable that he's going to go and make that shot, especially in end game situations. And if it's Markel or if it ends up being another guard, Scoot Henderson, who knows in the future, having three of those guys and two of those guys being 6'10 or bigger is going to be unguardable. Like, I, I truly believe that. So, although the early returns have been a little bit frustrating with Franz and Given the the Euro basket performance that he we thought he was just going to come out of the gates on fire, nobody's going to be able to stop him, and he's missing like bunny layups, like layups that he made in his sleep in Euro basket. Um, he's just slightly off there. The three point shooting isn't exactly what it was at Euro basket. Yes, the line is closer at Euro basket. Um, he was definitely in a better rhythm and just feeling a lot more comfortable during the Euro basket tournament. He was not asked to do kind of to our complaint. 
he was not being asked to have this level of responsibility handling the ball in Eurobasket. Um, but I, it's, I'm not worried about Franz. It's just been like, all right, we, th- and it's not like, oh, you're not as good as we thought you were. He's just being asked to do way more than we thought he was going to this at this point. When we were watching him bust Giannis's Greek, you know what, in Eurobasket, we thought we were going to have a healthy Markel Fultz, yeah. Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, right. and Franz is just going to be able to do Franz things, and he really hasn't been able to do that so far. So it yeah. has been a little bit frustrating, uh, particularly the shooting, but I'm super confident, as confident as I've ever been, that all of that stuff is going to come around. And those guys, they just had a rough night tonight against a really good Dallas Mavericks team that you know just made a, a deep playoff run. And this is the last thing that I will say in regards to Paolo. If I'm wrong and you somehow knew he was going to be this good, quit your freaking day job right now. You need to be an NBA scout because this is this is ridiculous. I and can't, I can't believe you just circled back. You're, yes, you can. If you think about it, you can absolutely yeah, believe that I circled right. back. You were to giving this. your Franz thought, but you were really thinking about the Palo thing. No, I just I, no, 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 no. I was just like, I'm driving home. I got the I got the pizza next to me. And I had to jump out, get gas, but I didn't forget that I got that pizza in the back seat. I'm not walking in the house without that. So I had to reach back, get my take, and because I, I thought we were going Paolo, and then you kind of jumped to Franz. I'm like, I yeah. got this point. I'm still going to make it at the end. Okay, but I still have I, my I Franz stuff it. to go through. So I will say the, the boys the are going to be fine. I, the last thing I will add about Franz is, you know, you you obviously touched on it. Like when when the guys are back, when Markel is back and, and able to facilitate to Franz, it will be great. As much as I loved Point Franz last season, I don't know that I love it more than regular Franz by any stretch. They got having the tape Franz, on him now. Having Franz play off ball with Markel running the point will be so much better for his game. Um, yes, him handling the ball right now and getting in these pressure situations where he has not handled them great, this year dating back to even preseason it will be good for his game to to learn how to deal with that sort of thing when that moment comes and just in terms of his development but seeing him play strictly off ball is way more enjoyable to me um i'd rather palo be bringing the ball up the court in those situations so that franz because he is so good off the ball be able to do franz things in that situation so I just I I I hate I hate I hate loathe entirely the thought of and the, just to continue having to say when when they're back Franz is going to be incredible off the ball like starting everything with when they're back but it is the case it's all I think about I just want a healthy team because I know when these players are in their respective roles you're taking teams like Dallas really to the wire. The game was closer than the final score, in my opinion, taking teams like that to the final, to the, to the wire. You're playing hard against Boston. It, it, I, I can't help but think that this team is going to be really good. Once we've got some health on our side. I think you're going to be upset when those guys come back. Cause I still think bronze is going to be doing this to like a certain extent. I, I feel like this is a part of his game that they want him to improve on. So, that's, Three, four that's fine, years, but from I now, don't he has think it. we won't see it as much. And, and that in return, when he is not doing that, he will be doing the off-ball responsibilities. Um, also, we saw uh, Gary and Jalen, right? Yeah, both made the trip. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be back this week on Tuesday against OKC, but it does mean that they're going to be back sometime soon. And if that sometime soon is a homestand, that would be great. I do like also something I've been thinking about a lot is that I like the fact that I think they're going to bring them back, honestly, maybe in groups of twos, um, just for the simple fact of throwing off chemistry, everything they built on the court so far this season, even though there are a lot of losses. I'm about to say, bro, what are we worried things? about ruining right now? But I will say, man, it brought, really like, a majority that one in six record, time, man, we, we got to hang on listen, to that. All right. Anyway, but I I do like the fact that I think those two will probably come back together, at least very close in proximity. And then you kind of get to stagger the rest of them coming back as well, reintroducing them to the on the court stuff. Um, 
so yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, that was another thing to note for sure about this trip is that they were on it. Yeah, a couple of things um, that stood out to me when we were at the game on Friday. Uh, Mo Wagner still in a walking boot. Jalen Suggs not in a walking boot. Markel Fultz is in that kind of like soft sandal boot still. I don't know how much longer he's going to, you know, be needing to wear that. Um, Cole, we talked about earlier, has the abdomen wrap right now. And then Gary and, and J.I. are just, and Jalen, you know, just walking around like, you know, everything is fine. I didn't see any kind of limp from Jalen, so I don't know how he's feeling. But, I mean, for the 18th billionth time, can't wait to get those guys back. I'm so tired of saying that. I am so tired of saying that. All right, Luke, you uh, you were correct this week. One and three, you had us winning the game against Charlotte and losing to literally everyone else. Let's take a look at the week ahead. So coming up on Tuesday, this game was supposed to be on TNT. And in my professional opinion, should still be on TNT. We have the no number shot. one freaking overall pick in the draft. Every Nobody single team us, should get a nationally televised game each year. This is ridiculous. Um, but it was supposed to be on TNT. It no longer will be. Um, at Oklahoma City on Tuesday, that game starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then on Thursday, it starts your seven-game two-week homestand uh, with a game against the Golden State Warriors at home uh, who just lost, I think, or they had a close one to somebody. They just lost to Charlotte. Lost to Charlotte, which we beat. So we know we're better than the Warriors. So we should win that game uh, tonight. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be pissed off and want to win that game. Can't wait. Uh, That game starts at 7 o'clock Eastern. And then Saturday, November 5th, uh, Sacramento, a early Saturday game uh, for the Magic at home. That game starts at 5 o'clock Eastern. Luke, what is your prediction for this week here? You're not going to love it, Jonathan. Oh, dear gosh. You're not going to love it. Why do you do this? I got to tell you. Um, can I go first then? Yeah, you go first. Two and one. You beat OKC. You beat Sacramento. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for this episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I know. I know what you're going to say. Just say it. I I'm hope you say, know what. If you're going to say even worse than what I thought, I don't want to know. I'm going to say zero and three. Oh dear God! And I'll tell you why, Bruh. They. They've all got rest. Um, the Thunder, bro. The the Thunder played Dallas uh, October Saturday, October 29th. and they don't have another game till us on Tuesday. So there's that. Uh, that plays into it. The Warriors, they've got to win, um, and they're going to win. It's not a back to back. They'll win. Um, the Hornets, I mean, not the Hornets, the Kings, I should say. I mean, they they play the second against the Heat, and normally, like Boston's case, right? We got them on a back to back, right? I think. Um, and then, but with the Kings, they play the Heat in Miami, November second, which is a Wednesday, and they don't play again until Saturday against us. So they're just like hanging out in Florida for a few days. I don't know. Um, but the Kings are bad, bro. They are bad, but they've also got rest, and we're also bad. bad. So yeah. I'm uh, fair unless, enough. It, listen, this all hinges I'm on a us hopeless not eternal anybody. Optimist. Yeah, but this all does hinge on the fact that, like, if we have the Gary and Jalen back, it's different. <laughs> um, but I, and maybe for that sake, I should go one and two, but I'm not going to because I'm not sure that they'll be back that early in the homestand. I, I will go on three. I'm just sticking to my preseason predictions. Obviously, I know we're crazy, wicked hurt. Um, like, if you just look at the guys that are going to be on the floor Tuesday night, again, like you have your your pick of anybody. Like, maybe maybe you go SGA. I'm going to go Paolo. I think he's going to be the best player on the floor Tuesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's just going to will us to a win. You see flashes in these guys' rookie seasons. You saw it with LeBron James. You saw it with Luka. You saw it with Zion. You saw it with Trey. These guys that are special, there's a handful of wins in their rookie year that they're just going to will you to a win. 
and I think this is going to be the one. You can't count the one against Charlotte. We still would have beat them by 15 without Paolo. They were horrible. I'm counting this. He's going to show TNT. You should have had me on TNT tonight because I'm about to go crazy. Um, maybe I'm just hoping. Maybe, maybe, maybe everything is pointless. Maybe none of this is real. Maybe. maybe we're in the matrix right now. Why do we? Why do we breathe? Why do we live? Why do we do anything? Why do we watch the yeah. magic? Why do we do yeah. this to ourselves? SGA has been so good, man. I can't. Pick yeah, SGA, bro. It's like averaging thirty. He's at one seven and five right now. My heart says two and one. My brain says one and two. My brain says one you're, and two. We just find brain. a way to win one of these games. We can't go the entire week without losing again. But we'll see. You'll probably be right. We'll see what happens. I think that's going to do it for this one, Luke. Yeah, sorry to end it on such a melancholy note there, guys. But uh, yeah, you appreciate you guys listening and yeah. sticking with us for this over an hour. Thank you yep. episode. Appreciate that. Don't forget after your wins, the Magic wins, Papa John's 50% off, code Magic Win. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!